This is Agents Influence Podcast. But I will still tell you, though, that the number one way that Jason Cass gets leads is I pick up the phone and I call people. Now, when you have a niche, that's a lot easier to do than, than not. I mean, when you have a niche and you also know that you have some programs and the carriers to be able to support that niche, it's a lot easier to do. But I'm just going to tell you, for all you guys that are cold calling um, or that don't like to cold call, the reason you don't like to cold call is because you don't know what to do. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hello, loyal listeners. Welcome to the first podcast of 2017 for Agents Influence, the place where you can tell us your thoughts, tell us your ideas, and I am going to tell the world what you have to say. Thank you very much for joining us. As you know, um, you are greatly appreciated. I call you a loyal listener for a reason um, because you're just that. You're loyal. You're constantly spreading the word, constantly letting people know about that this podcast and by letting people know about this podcast is how we are creating change in forward forward momentum in the best industry God ever created, which is the insurance industry. No better industry. You know that. I don't have to go on about it. But as I said earlier, this is the first podcast from 2017. I want to just give you a little heads up that it will be me. I'm flying solo today. I've got a lot of things that I kind of want to talk about. I kind of want to wrap up 2016 and want to talk about my thoughts for 2017. Not only where this podcast is going, not only maybe some of the things you may want to look at, but also where's this industry going as a whole. I mean, we're going to talk about here in a little bit about marketing and how it's overrated and you're being sold a a bunch of malarkey. So be sure to stay around for that. What is important? Jason, if marketing's no good for my agency, what is what what do I need to concentrate for 2017 to be in line with maybe the things that you see or the things you're hearing other agents talk about? We're going to talk about that out there. We're going to talk about Lemonade. I think that they've now come along to, you've heard the talk about this Lemonade. If you haven't, please go online and look them up. Uh, they, they're doing some interesting things. We've kind of been following them for a, uh, for a year or so, and 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 I just I just think that it's very very important um, that we that we do pay attention to them because they are doing some really really cool things. We're going to talk about disruptors. Uh, disruptors are important because disruptors, truthfully, I don't believe are what we see as being a disruptor. Um, I want to talk about that, uh, that a little bit as well. And I even want to hit a little bit on the Cadillac subscriptions. I don't know if you've seen that to where car companies are going to maybe try out uh, offering a subscription to a car. Got a little bit of stuff on that. Not much. Just want to talk about it. Just kind of spit a, spit a couple things out and, uh, and just let you know about a couple books that I read also that might be interesting for you as well. 
I hope that you're enjoying the podcast and what we did in 2016. Um, we did 97 podcasts that I can um, see as of right now, just not all agents influence. We do have the Grow Podcast Network, which makes up of the Agents Influence podcast, also makes up of the uh, Insurance in Your Words podcast done by Joey, and then also Listen In. We've only done one of those. We've got a couple more recorded. We've just needed to get time to edit them and get them out. And that's a that's one that's kind of a more higher level, uh, more higher level 30,000 foot in the clouds thinking. And taking feedback from some of our insurance executives and other higher ups in the insurance industry that listen, and we and I've had dinner with them, had lunch, met them at conferences, had some drinks with them, and just listening to their feedback, it's it's so important that they know what we're doing on the ground level, but but also they want to kind of know inside of our minds as insurance agents or insurance agency owners or insurance professionals, whatever that may be is what's in your mind at a high level? Where do you see things going? Yes, you're doing this today, but what do you see yourself doing in three, five, 10 years? And that's kind of what Listen In kind of focuses around. So that's the Grow Podcast Network. We did, I think, in 97. I think we did a couple more, but when I'm going through counting, that's all that I'm able to count, Joey as well. Um, We delivered a couple blogs. Uh, We did over 23 mastermind meetings. Uh, this this year to a, to a month, um, we also did uh, Grow Labs 2017 in Chicago. That was huge, uh, huge success. They, you know, we've went from a point in time where we were getting 1,500 to 2,000 downloads of this podcast a month, and now we've reached as high as 11,000. And just this month alone, this is my first podcast I've put out for this month, and I'm recording it right now on the 15th of the month. And I'm telling you right now that we're already up over 5,000. So it's really, really crazy what you're doing as a loyal listener. All we're doing is just putting our voice out there because no one's talking about the things that need to happen. And in 2013, that was our goal. Let's get out there. Let's find people in the industry, bring them up, get people and realize that there's things going on outside of our agencies because sometimes we get so involved and so embedded in our our agencies that we have very little chance to get out and find out that, wow, things are different. The things I've been thinking about, someone is doing them. Now are they doing them? They can show me how to do them. And it was my job and my theory from the beginning to find those people and get them into your ear. And because you're a loyal listener, that means we're doing what we're doing. And that makes me excited and want to keep on doing it. Um, I just want to hit you because you know that at Grow, we used to do a lot of things. And this kind of goes on to why marketing is overrated today. But we used to do a lot of things. And we used to manage people's social media for them. We would write blogs for them. Uh, we would you know, try and help them with some of their marketing materials. We would give them direction in the ways that they probably need to market. And I'm just going to be honest. Um, I think we had some success. And I think we had a lot of failures. And not a lot of companies will tell you that, but I will. Um, the fact is, is we're not really a company that's in it to really make money by helping you market your agency. Um, we want to help you market your agency by putting the thoughts, the mind, uh, the thoughts, and the ideas in your mind, or your CSRs, or your staff, or your CEOO, whoever that could be, and ha- helping them work through it themselves. Now, at the beginning, back in 2013, 2014, we thought that agencies just don't have a clue and they're not going to do it. Well, I'm going to tell you, not that really hasn't changed. Just trying to tell you, a lot of agencies don't have a clue. A lot of agency owners don't have a clue. 
That doesn't mean that's bad. If you're an agency owner and you're not sure if you have a clue or not, that doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, you're involved in selling insurance. I get it. But to be in the future, you're going to necessarily, you're going to have to be that person who is a marketing person who just happens to specialize in insurance. One of the great um, podcasts that we had this year was with Erin Nutting, and she said, people don't understand that I'm really an insurance, I'm really a marketing person who my weapon of choice happens to be insurance. So I think that that's very, very important. Now you may say, well, marketing is overrated. That's right, because you're being thrown too much stuff at you, and I wanna dissect that for you to show you what's important and what's not important. But that's what we kind of realize is that agents really just aren't doing the things they're supposed to be doing. And to be honest with you, you won't do it even when I or another agent tell you to do it. And it's frustrating. And I get it. It costs money. And truthfully, if you want to pay somebody to do it, I'm just going to tell you. Um, if you want somebody else to do your marketing for you and run some Facebook ads and run some Google ads and, 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 and build out your marketing strategy for you, um, help you create and organize content, um, whether it's from your email marketing, um, integrating some of your text messaging and how we can get referrals based off using other programs like a rocket referral or something, you can start to see really, really fast that I'm just going to tell you, paying $2,000 or less is probably not going to get the job done. And you, a month, a month. And you may say, why is that so high? Well, the reason why it's so high is because the people who are specialists at doing it cost a lot of money. That's flat out the way that it is. So a lot of you guys have heard me talk about Anna before, who's worked with me since 2013. She still does about 10 to 15 hours worth of work for us. But she has moved on to bigger, she lives in San Francisco, and she's out there in Silicon Valley. She's working um, with a lot of different people out there. And she's doing a lot of the stuff we did here at Grow. But there was a point in time where Anna said, you know, Jason, I've got to make more money than I am. And to be honest with you, we wanted to pay her like two to three times of what she was making. But the point is, of, of the agents we had, nobody was willing to pay. Now, there's a lot of loyal listeners that are on here that are saying, hey, Jason, you were doing my marketing before and I was paying you. Where we weren't doing you a, a, a justice and a, and a service there, and we were doing you an injustice, I should say, is the fact that maybe we weren't more upfront with you about that. You know, paying $700 to $1,000 um, a month and thinking that that's going to take and do everything is not. But then what a lot of agency owners do is they say, well, you know what, I'm just going to save that $750 or I'm going to save that $1,000 a month and I'm just going to go hire my own person, pay them part-time, and I'm going to teach them how to do it. Great. If that's what you choose to do, I think that's probably one of the worst decisions you can possibly make. Because yes, you may get a little couple Facebook posts that are hitting here or there, or yeah, you got good feedback to one of these little blogs you wrote, and you know maybe there's a client that can that can that can peg all the way back seven months to that blog they wrote. Yeah, so it was worth it. That's great. But the fact is, as an agency owner, there's other things you need to be doing to make you yourself money. And I guarantee you, you're not doing this. And when you are doing this, it's going to make you a lot more money. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. 
But the point is, is of grow, we've now just went down to where we are just a mastermind. Joey has some side gigs that he's been working. Joey really became a huge part of grow in 2016. Um, besides Anna, probably one of the best investments and assets that we have here at grow because of the few agents that have reached out to him and had him help them with their blogging. Folks, it's off the wall. It's off the charts. I believe there's a lot of people that'll tell you, oh yeah, you just need to blog, you need to get something up there, three, four, five hundred words. I get it, we believe that as well. But we're now looking and doing it so much that we're seeing that the 800, the 1,000, the 1,500, the 2,000 word blogs, those are what are telling Google. Keep in mind now, we can let everybody, here's my question to you. If you could get half of your town to know that you are an insurance agent and one of the best resources and the best agent in town. If you could get half of them to know, you're half of your town, or if you could get Google to know exactly who you are, in most instances, I would rather have Google know exactly who I am. Now that's not everything, okay? I do a lot of social services. I would I would prefer that everybody in the state of Illinois know that I personally do social services rather than Google because social services, they don't go online senior centers. I do a lot of those. They don't go on and just necessarily search insurance for senior centers. Do they? Yes, because I've gotten those calls. But my point is, is that that's not where the average person is going. Auto and home insurance, umbrella insurance, boat insurance, motorcycle insurance. I would rather have Google know exactly who I am so I get listed at the top than half of my town knowing I'm a specialist in that. Now that may not make sense to some of you and that's okay if you disagree with me, please let me know at jason at growprogrammer.com or you can even hit me on Twitter at jason underscore um, grow and please let me know uh, there if you wanna put it on Twitter or not, tell everybody that I'm crazy, that's fine. I look for, for, for feedback but I know there's a lot of you that do agree with me in that because that's where people go. It's important that you let Google know who you are, and that's why blogging is a very, very important aspect. Now, there's a lot of people out there that say, yeah, I wrote this blog, and oh yeah, I do one for 2,500 words a month. I mean, I even got some internet experts that say that. I mean, there's even people who are higher ups at, at uh, some of the other companies that are, part of the big, or that are part of the independent insurance agency system, and they're telling you, yeah, you gotta do this and that. But at the end of the day, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. And how I know is because Joey Gingola literally gets 80 to 120 leads a month off his blogs and his videos that he does. And no one else that tells me that they're being successful will show me their results behind the scenes like Joey does. Joey shows me what's going on and, how, and the systems that he's using and the hits and the sales that he's making off of each one of those videos or landing pages. And here's the deal. He's not buying Google ads. He's not buying Facebook ads. It's happening organically. Now, he's been doing it for three to four years, but there's a couple agents inside of the mastermind that he's literally given some advice to um, on writing contractors in the state of New York, and it has it's literally ranked them in the, third, uh, in the top three to top five on Google, and it's gotten them leads and calls. Now, when we're talking about New York, to be listed in the top three to five? Hello? And here you are living in Illinois or living in Alabama or, or South Carolina or wherever it could possibly be. And you're thinking, man, if I could just get on the first page, that would be awesome. You don't have the size like New York and the competition like New York does.
So Joey's doing it. So yes, here's what we do. We do the mastermind, which is important. We meet live on the uh, second and the fourth Thursday of every month at nine o'clock. And this mastermind is growing huge. And here's what I've added this year. I'm actually teaching Grow Producer in the mastermind. So last year I did Grow Producer for commercial lines. It was over 20 hours of online course live. Me and I only took 20 agents. It was me and 20 agents and I recorded all of them. And that was 800 bucks a person to be a part of that. $600 if you were a Grow member. And if a lot of people since then, well, not a lot, but less than 10, but around 10 have reached out to me and said, hey, I want I want to get access to that. And for $300, we would just sell them um, just the, the videos. They don't get it live or anything. They just get the, the videos. I think there's 14 videos and that encompass almost 20 hours. And we've been getting given those. I'm going to teach that live on the mastermind calls. I'm starting from the very beginning of the process of the meeting. What's that look like? How do I find my client? Who's best for my agency? When I do find them, how do I get them on the phone? When I get them on the phone, how do I set the appointment? What's that appointment process look like? Most of you just go on one appointment just to collect the information. I say go on two. What are the questions I need to ask? What are the questions that I need to ask the underwriter? What are the questions I need to ask the insured that the underwriter wants to know? When I come back, how do I find markets for that? When do I go out? How do I decide if I need to quote them now, later, or never? How do I, once I do, how do I get that proposal? What's the best way? How do I get an efficient submission? What's a correct submission look like? How do I fill out a court apps? What are these supplementals that I need to know? What's agency fee? What are agency bill, direct bill, premium finance agreements? How do I close? How do I, what's the, what's the, the best possible proposal look like? How do I get in front of the people who are actually the decision makers? How do I close? Let me give you a hint on closing. It's the number one question I get related to sales. And people say to me, Jason, how do I close? Here's my answer to you. I tell this to my producers in my office. If you get to the end and you're thinking on your drive there of how you're going to close this client, it's probably not going to happen. And you wonder, walk out of there and go, man, how was I not able to close them? The close happens in the first 20 minute meeting you have with them. The close happens in the first 20 minute meeting you have with them. And I'm going to, and I explain, and I'm going to explain to the mastermind members as I did those 20 agents, what are those ways that you can load that bullet without shooting it off in that 20 minute so that you load the gun and prepare to shoot it off to close the sale at the end. But if you're not preparing your weapon at the beginning, you're shooting duds. You're basically shooting nothing at the end. And that's what we're gonna talk about. And how does that look like? How do we fi finish that? How do we get it into the agency management system? What do we send out? What's that welcome kit look like? How do I fill out an accord application? See, a lot of people are scared of accord applications, and the reason you are is because you look at it like I did when I was first new, and you're like, oh my gosh, I could never get all of this information. Well, that's true and that's not true. Reason is, is really you only need to fill out about 10, maybe 20% of that accord application. Yeah, you've got all these yes and no questions, but the underwriter's only looking for certain things, so don't be overwhelmed. At the end of the day, the reason why I wanted to treat, teach Grow Producer is my belief is, is that if I can give you or your producers confidence in the sales process, they'll do it. We hire those producers, I have, you give them all the training you think, you think you know what they want, and you're wondering why they're not going out in the world and doing it. Well, maybe that was part of the bad ha um, hiring habits as yourself, which inside the mastermind, we have hiring specialists inside the Facebook group that you can talk to at any time. 
But the point is, is maybe they don't have confidence. I'm going to say 80% of the time they don't have the confidence. And the confidence is learning from someone other than you because the things you tell them, Mr. Agency Owner, the things that you tell them to do, they're sitting in their office not watching you do that. So you're saying this is what you do to be successful, but yet you're not doing those things. And for every right reason. I mean, you're in a different stage in your career and your life. But when they hear it from somebody else and they don't see what I really do, they believe that that's what I do. And yes, I do do that a lot because I am a I am a agency owner who runs an agency, but I mean, I'm producing as well. I'm producing as much as that I can. $78,000 in new business revenue last year. I'm not going to willing to say that that's like something we just need to just overly brag about. Um, because what's amazing is, is for all you producers, it's important to hear this. I made my agency that much revenue last year, $78,000, but my total income went up about 6,000. Why? Because we're investing in our agency. My producers all made a lot of money, but as me, the agency owner, I'm the, I have to take my money and invest it back because I know there's better days. I know that we can provide better services for our customers. And I know that one day at the end, I'll be able to retire and have everything I want. Because it definitely, most definitely is true what old Zig said. I mean, Zig Ziglar is one of the greatest in the world. I mean, I, I think everybody would agree to that. And one of the thing, one of the sayings that I saw of his just I, uh, uh, this week, which I thought was great. Actually, I saw this on February 15th. Yeah, today. Um, if you are willing to do more than you are paid to do, eventually you will be paid to do more than you do. Old Zig said it. If you are willing to do more than you are paid to do, eventually you will be paid to do more than you do. And that's kind of how I live my life as an agency owner. I'm trying to invest in my agency, which invests in my future, but I have families here. I have producers here. If I can make them more successful every day, what I need will come. And that's the way that we believe it here. So the mastermind is very, very important. So not only are you getting grow producer, but here's an exciting thing for all you people out there. If you are a paid mastermind member, you're gonna get automatic free registration into Grow Labs 2017 in Chicago in September this year. That's just free, they just get it. And anybody else from their agency can come for 150 bucks. If you're not a paid mastermind member, it's gonna cost you 300 bucks to come. We're only taking 100 people. I guarantee you we're probably gonna sell out within probably the first 60 days. Because last time we only took 50 people and we sold that sucker out within a couple weeks. So if you want to be a mastermind member, please grow, go to growprogram.com. You'll see mastermind over on the top right. Click it, find out, look a little bit more about us. If you have any questions, hit us at jason at growprogram.com, jason at growprogram.com, or hit me at jason underscore grow and just put it out there and just let people know that, hey, um, I, you, I want to be a part of this. Grow Lab was awesome. If you went to Grow Lab last year, I ask that you help us tweet that out. Let people know. Put it on your Facebook because it is crucial that we get the best people there. And as you know, it's not a conference, it's not a convention, it's not a trade show, and it's not a workshop. You know what this is? This is an event. The Customer Experience Showcase. You've never seen it. I promise you, you've never seen the Customer Experience Showcase. An actual, real-life model working live in front of you of how things can integrate. How does my management system hooked up to my phone system? What does that look like when that comes through? 
all those different types of things, those are the things that you're going to see at the Grow Labs 2017. Besides a couple of other things that I'm just telling you right now, you're, you've probably never encountered in your life and you're not going to unless you come to Grow Labs. So there's a great, great conference coming on right now. It's called Innovation and it's uh, done by the Independent Insurance Agency Owners Association. Uh, it's going on right now, actually in a couple, actually next week in Orlando. That's going to be going on then. And then we've got the Elevate Conference, not us. I'm just telling you of some good conferences you may want to go to. The Elevate Conference, which is uh, coming up in June, and that's being put on by Agency Nation, TrustedChoice.com. Uh, yes, it is very expensive to go to there. And yes, it is kind of a, uh, a high class, uh, uh, big time, big name speakers and consultants. And, and that works for them. That doesn't work for us. We don't, we don't want speakers or consultants at our Grow Labs. That's not what we're about. That works for them and those other groups. That doesn't work for us. We want practical. We want agents sitting inside of a room sharing ideas. And I'm going to tell you, the number one thing I heard from agents last year who came is they said that when they came um, and, they, and they shared their stuff, they had no idea that there was going to be so many agents that were actually wanting to share so much information. They didn't expect these agents to actually just come off the cuff and tell them what their acquisition costs were or anything else. And it was a really, really mind-blowing situation that, that that's what happened. So think about that. Grow Labs 2017. So that's what that is. That's that's the Grow Lab 2017, and I'm really excited about it. And I hope that you want to join us. But uh, if you're interested, like I said before, in Mastermind, please let us know. Please let us know. One thing I want to talk about, as I've talked and mentioned a little bit here, is happened to be how marketing is overrated. Um, and and really, this could come as a surprise from some people because obviously you guys know that like I tend to. Um, talk about marketing. That's that's some of the things that I travel the country dis discussing and and speaking about. Which, by the way, um, just a real short call here. I will let you know that I'll be in Texas, Missouri, Ohio, and Florida. I'm working on something right now with Oregon and Arizona, but I will be in Texas, Missouri, Ohio, and Florida. If you want to know where I am, just uh, tweet me at Jason underscore Grow, and uh, I'll answer you or Jason at GrowProgram.com, and I can tell you what organization or or what insurance company I'll be speaking at. Just wanted to throw that out there. But as I do, it really gets frustrating to me because when agents call me now, or associations, I should say, they say, yes, Jason, we're wanting around something around marketing or whatever. Now, hold that thought here for a minute because that's exactly what people usually reach out and say to me. And I have had that, and in a couple of those, I'm still doing that focus. But I've also had a lot of associations and a lot of uh, insurance companies that have reached out and said, Jason, it seems as if agents are getting drowned out out with marketing and they're wanting something else okay well first of all I can definitely see how they're getting tired of marketing I really can because it's just been thrown in our face since 2011 2012 you've probably been hearing about it since then you maybe are just now starting to take try to take action on it in 2014 2015 and kudos to you you probably do as, as an industry we're absolutely terrible at marketing we, we really are um, so really anything you can probably do, whether it's posting to your Facebook page or your LinkedIn page or maybe setting up some kind of email marketing system or creating some blogs or creating um, a way where you're going to hire somebody to be out there and be around the CEO's eyes, which is the centers of influence. Um, not certificate of insurance. Um, the things that you can that you can do out there, I encourage you to do that and because you are going to need to do that as it goes along. 
But I believe also that they're not only asking for that because people are getting tired of hearing it, it's also because they've probably listened to it and they haven't done it. And as I explained to you before, it's very, very hard to get somebody to do it because they just don't know what to do. And then you don't wanna do it. So then you think, well, I'm gonna pay somebody else to do this, but then you actually think that it's too expensive, so you end up doing nothing. And that's probably where they're at. Also, probably where they're at is you've got a lot of people who have tried marketing things. They've tried to go out there. They tried to do what they're supposed to do and and they thought it was too expensive. Or I've even talked to a lot of companies that I know that are very successful at marketing that have told me so-and-so's not with us anymore. And the reason is I couldn't get them to do what we asked them to do. I would be honest with you, that's probably the number one problem we had at Grow. And it comes to a point in time where I can only take your money for so long before you're going to get upset for you not doing the work that you're going to blame on us for not being successful for your agency. Just the way that it is. And so it's just something we don't need. Like I said, we do still work with some agencies and those are the agencies who have willing, who have willing to say, hey, I understand the cost of the people that you need to do this. Because as I said, the things, I said this before, the things that we need to be done today, which is editing video, editing audio, creating podcasts, developing content, understanding the social game, that's not stuff that we teach inside of our high schools. We don't even teach that in our colleges anymore. Our, our, we don't teach it in high school and we have yet to start teaching it in our colleges. And that's a problem. So that means that there's very little people out there that know how to do this correctly. Of those that know how to do it correctly, they charge a lot of money. It's kind of like your web guy. There's not a ton of people that know how to make websites. There's definitely more today than there was a year, three, and five years ago. But that's why you have to pay three and four thousand dollars for a website. It's because not every Joe Bob, well actually there is a lot of people that think they know how to make websites, but they don't know how to use the new platforms that are needed today for Google to index you and people to recognize you as being someone legitimate. Okay, they don't there's not a lot of people out there. That's why you pay a lot of money. The problem, the reason why that's okay to do is you usually pay it one time. But if you want to teach somebody to market your office or help have somebody help, it's going to be something that's going to have to be going on and on. But I will say that the agents out there are saying, we don't want that. Well, I also agree with why they want it because here's the thing. One thing that we have been led to believe, which we never did this with any of our grow people, was that we have turned away a lot of agents who would call us and say something like this. Jason, I'm sitting here in my agency, I have no new business coming in, and I need something to help me get it going. And they would think that if we would do their Facebook ads, or if we would do their Google ads, or if we would start helping them blog, that all of a sudden they're going to start seeing leads come in. Not saying that that's not possible, but it's definitely not going to happen off the immediate, and it's going to be a long-run game. As I said earlier, Joey's getting 80 to 120 leads a month. That didn't necessarily happen to him back in 2012 and 2013. He was getting them, but he was constantly refining what he was doing. And he has that marketing mind to think that way. A lot of us don't, so please keep that in mind. But here's the other thing. They're realizing at the end of the day, still going to that chamber function, still being part of that rotary group, still being involved in your community, whether through it's a charity or coaching or your church and just being out there, that's marketing 101. And that actually will get you results on day one. So one of the things that I'm doing personally is, yes, I'm still doing some, some of my marketing online, blog writing. Yes, 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 yes. Is that getting us some leads? Yeah. 
yeah, that's getting us some leads. It'd be silly not to say that it is, especially Facebook. But I will still tell you though that the number one way that Jason Cass gets leads is I pick up the phone and I call people. Now, when you have a niche, that's a lot easier to do than, than not. I mean, when you have a niche and you also know that you have some programs and the carriers to be able to support that niche, it's a lot easier to do. But I'm just gonna tell you, for all you guys that are cold calling, um, or they don't like to cold call, the reason we don't like to cold call is because you don't know what to do. And that's one of the things we teach in the Grow Producer. Actually, that was one of the first things we taught last Thursday whenever we were in the Mastermind. Um, so keep in mind, if you miss that and you're a Mastermind member, as you know, we've got our members area. You can always go in there and watch the recorded versions. So that is something that I think that they're understanding. They're understanding that sales are still vital to what we need. But here's the thing that I would say, and this is gonna be my focus of everything that I do this year because I believe it'll be the number one way that Travis and I can increase our sales in our agency. And I believe that it comes strictly from procedures. I believe that procedures and workflows are the key because the process, procedures and workflows make up a process. And what I do know and what you know as a business owner is that there's very more valuable things that we can do than be consistent. Whether that's consistent with our staff, whether that's us being consistent with our customers, with us, or whether that's us being consistent with our companies, or whether they're being consistent with us. Consistency matters. Sometimes you could not even be the best agent in the world, but if you consistently provide a value that that consumer is expecting, sometimes you can hide a lot of your flaws underneath that because it's something they expect and they consistently get it. People like consistency because it's something they know and can expect. I mean, no one no one likes surprises. I mean, there's that occasional surprise, but in business, it's very, very tough to be growing in a profitable rate when you have surprises popping up popping up all the time. It's hard to live your life as a customer when you have billing changes that are popping up all the time or coverages are being switched or you have questions that you can't get answers to. Being consistent in procedures and workflows. I've also seen a huge, huge growth with our management systems trying to help us in this. Seems like our management systems are really focused on procedures and workflows. And truthfully, um, I think there's only so much good we can do. I believe the AMS system that you have today, your agency management system, is not gonna be what it looks like in three to five years. When you really think about it, as I've been doing a lot of, uh, of Accord applications lately that I haven't been doing in the past, I've been doing a lot of them and I've been realizing to myself, you know what, really, all these are is data fields. That's all it is. Whenever I'm filling this out and putting in the CS, or what the CGL is, you know, the general aggregate and all that, and I'm filling it out, I'm thinking, this is the the this the this workflow for me to go through and fill this out is almost worse than filling out a court applications. It really is. It's not an easy workflow of filling this things out. And I'm thinking to myself, like when I when I deal with so many other um, platforms or I deal with so many other things outside this industry, whenever you're trying to finish something or start something from start to finish, it feels like it just flows. A lot of times I'll fill out all the stuff in my management system and then I'll populate it in a court app and it didn't answer like five questions that I know the underwriter is going to want to know. And here I have to go. I have to go back into my management system. I got to click on that policy. I got to open it up. I got to go through all the data fields and find out where it's saying. And yeah, they say that it follows the accords. Eh, it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. I mean, 
whenever you're filling out the 125 and it asks you for the FEIN number, ironically enough, that's not in the same place you fill out all the other information for the Accord 125. You got to go find that somewhere else. And it just doesn't make any sense. And so, so the procedures and the workflows, I believe, are being added and they're being becoming better than they are in the past. But I truthfully want to let you know that it's not always going to be that way and we're going to start seeing these management systems start to progress. Now they in their mind right now think that they have the best thing in the world, but when you go use systems outside the insurance industry that aren't as archaic as our industry, you'll realize like, wow, this is like night and day, like really all we have is a data management. That's all it really is, it's data management. It's not an agency management because agency management has to do with billing, has to do with procedures, has to do with workflows, has to do with commercial lines, personal lines, endorsements, has to do with contacts, emailing, our email underwriting, things fitting into it like our mobile app, other other systems that help can help improve our, our, uh, our referrals like Rocket Referrals, being able to integrate other users in it to where they have select use. I know sometimes they give you a basic use or an admin use but there needs to be another use for someone like we use for rocket or for marble box for them to be able to come in not necessarily as a user but they need access to some of our information so that they can make their things happen now you may not encounter any of these things and the reason why you're not encountering any of these things is because you may not necessarily be thinking this way or trying to apply these things but someone like me and my agency and the other 10 to 20 percent we're driving that path and trying to create that path for you so that it'll be easier once you decide to do it. But in the meantime, you know what they say, the, the first one through the wall that busts through the wall is the one that gets bloody. Well, there's a lot of us getting bloody right now. And what the most frustrating thing is, I'll tell you this as a side note, is whenever we're meeting with Ivan's or we're meeting with these big AMS customer or companies and they're saying to us, Jason, like, what do we need? And here's what we developed this year and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, this is the greatest thing in the world. This tool you developed here, tool A, it's awesome. We're starting to use it and figuring out how it goes into our agency. Now, what we'd like to see is to see kind of an upgraded version of that product A or that service A or whatever they created. We'd like to see an upgraded version of that. And here's one of the most frustrating things that we hear a lot. And I know you agents out there have probably heard this. You say that to the company and they say, Jason, we just spent $5 million to create that product or service A, and we have less than a 10% penetration rate. Which means of the 200 and some thousand independent insurance agents out there, we literally have less than 10% of them that are actually utilizing this. Well, a little bit of that has to do with, are they getting the right word out? Are they using the right channels and the right marketing system to get it in front of me? Because I am a huge QQ, uh, QQ user. I love QQ. But I, even today, I will have Sarah or Lori, my assistants, tell me things that I didn't even know they were doing. And they'll be like, and then when I talk to Mark Malis, the president, he'll say, oh yeah, Jason, we came out with that like eight months ago. And I'm like, Mark, why didn't you tell me that? But the point is, we need more penetration. We need you to be able to look at things and say, you know what, this is something I'm willing to try. And if I don't want to do it because I don't like it, I'm going to give feedback. Because that's the problem. This industry is trying to move forward, but yet it's just not able to happen. And the reason it's happening because we have very few amount of people. Now, when we talk about the disruptors, okay, now I'm going to jump ahead and I'll jump back to marketing here in a minute, but when we talk about disruptors and you hear that word a lot, I think the millennial 
they are the disruptors. Because what I just told you is, is there's platforms that are being created out there that we, and when I say we, I'm talking to everybody besides a millennial or even the millennials that are in it today who were being trained by people like myself, which are keeping them back in the archaic age. There's people that are coming into this industry who are 19, 20, 25 years old, and they're looking at this and saying, no, that's not how I'm going to sell insurance. We need to have this platform or that platform. And it's very hard for them to make that change in the position they're at with me, even as an agent or an agency owner. But where they can make that change is when they can go down in their mom's basement and they make their own program to say, here's what's the best way that it should be done. And I think this is the way it should be done. It's kind of like Snejina Zakaria, who's the CEO of Insurify, when I brought her on during CE, um, CEO month in December. By the way, listeners, that was one of the biggest CEO months. I always have a big wig CEO month every December since 2013. That was by far the best. You got to listen to it. One of our largest, um, listen, one of our most downloaded podcasts of the year for the whole year of 2016 came from that month, which was Jeff Roy. It was the last podcast I did in 2016. It actually is second in line for the most downloads for the whole month or for the whole year of 2016. No joke. Go listen to Jeff Roy. It was the one before this that I did. But the, but the fact is, is that the disruptors coming into this are the people like Sinajina and her and her and her thing. If you go to Insurify, I encourage you, when you get back to your office or you get out of the pool or you stop jogging or you get out of this traffic you're sitting in right now, I encourage you to go to um, and go to Insurify and put in your information. Because the most amazing thing, and I'm not going to go on too much about this because you heard this in another podcast, the, the most amazing thing is how easy that platform is to use. I literally said to her in the podcast, like, I wish that like this was my Raider. I wish I could use this as my Raider and then I could use this to get quotes for my clients and then I could then just issue it on the back end myself going through the same um, archaic means. And what's amazing is, is when you go there and use it, you will be like, wow, they asked me like 10 to 15 questions and I got a solid 100% rate. But yet whenever... I have to ask my client customer and I have to ask them 50 to 60 questions and then I get a rate that's still iffy until I run it through the the run it through the company screen. Where where when are our when are our companies our partners? When why you know here's the way I look at it. Yes, I have friends and I have good friends and I have acquaintances. But you know, if you're pretty much on my high good friend side, I usually try to treat you about all the same. Not just because I want to, that's just the way that it should be. I have a friendship with this person and and I'm honest with them and I'm trustworthy and if I find out something new, I always want them to know because I want them to know the things that I know and, and I get the same feedback from them and we have this thing that's called a friendship and I believe in business we call those partnerships. But sometimes I'm feeling like I'm being left out here. Sometimes I feel like there's new things that are being created and new things that are being done for my consumer, keep in mind, my consumer, that someone's not necessarily telling me about. And you may be like, well, what do you mean by that, Jason? Well, when I went to Insurify and I answered those 10 or 15 questions and I got a rate, I got it from Safeco. 
And I'm just going to say this because I spoke directly with the CIO of Safeco. Because believe me, Safeco is one of my favorite companies in my agency. I believe they're one of the strongest companies as far as independent insurance agencies um, being successful. There's no one better. They're bricks and clicks. They're online. They've got a good system. I love them. They handle claims. Beautiful. Really, truthfully, Safeco is a good company that we represent. Very proud to represent them. But at the same time, why are they giving other platforms hence here, like Insurify, CoverHound, Zebra, whatever it could be. Why do those people only have to ask 10 to 15 questions and we ask more? One of the reasons being is because they pull that information, that information that we're asking the 50 to 60 questions, that information's already out there. It's already out there. But yet we're having to ask our client who doesn't even know and anytime anybody asks you a question and you don't know the answer to, you immediately feel uncomfortable. So that's how we're making our client feel like on 25% of the questions that we ask them. And then as a double whammo, the information's already out there. This is crazy. I thought we were partners. And once again, I mentioned Safeco and I shouldn't have probably mentioned it because this has to do with any insurance company, any insurance company. Are we partners or are we not? The millennials will not stand for this. They won't. What they're going to do is they're going to hop onto these other platforms. And right now, there's five, six platforms that are changing the game. Give it 12 to 18 months, you're going to have double that. Give it three to five years, you're going to have quadruple that. And it's going to come a point in time where you're going to start getting agents thinking like me. I mean, I literally said it on the podcast to Snajina. I said, Snajina, I would love to be able just to use your platform just to quote and rate. I even told her, I said, you need to get into the to the rating business. And she's like, yeah, we've given that some thought. And da, 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 da. You know why she probably hasn't? And this is my own opinion. She probably tried to do that. And she had all this red tape and all this beep, beep that she had to deal with to get through it. And she said, forget it. We'll just back out of that. Let's let's master what we're at, and that'll probably be plan B or plan C. I look forward to her creating something that allows me to be able to do the quotes, ask the questions that only need to be asked that we can't find anywhere else. I want cross-selling built into it. I mean, I want marketing built into my, to my rater. I want everything to be there. And uh, these rating companies that we have, I don't have to beat them up. They were awesome back in 08 and 09. I remember the very first time I saw one of those and my assistant was like, wow, this is really neat. That system is almost identical to the way it was in 07 and 08 and it's 2017. When when do when does that partnership occur? The disruptors don't have that partnership. What they have is they have a relationship with their family and to their kids, and it's to make money and it's to put food on the table. That's the relationship. Now we need to make sure that we're creating the partnership. That's where the disruptors come about. You can look at a lemonade and you can think they're a disruptor. I think Lemonade is very, very unique in what they do. I really, really do. And what's amazing is, is Agency Nation, um, made, uh, they, they took a screenshot of one of their uh, advertisements. And if you're in the mastermind, you've seen this, but uh, if you go to Agency Nation's Facebook page, you'll probably find it there. It was, it was shared on January 13th. And it's a picture of a woman, and she's got her, uh, and she looks like she's a she's a young gal, probably in her 20s or 30s or whatever. And she's holding a bottle of champagne in her right hand. She's got a big smile on her face. She's wearing a fur coat. I think that's a little unusual. I don't really see people wear fur coats anymore unless they're like over like 50 or 60. But maybe maybe still that way. I'm just saying. I just don't normally see that around here. 
and she's got her right hand kind of around a guy and she's like looks like she's like literally riding on his back and he's laughing and she's laughing and she's holding this big bottle of wine or champagne and and, and it's in a black and white and, and and here's what the words say it says we cover your money sign pound at sign exclamation mark we cover your blank so you could party hard now if you really ask me that is like against every marketing no-no that you're supposed to not do in this in this industry you don't literally tell somebody yeah hey you know you need to get auto insurance because I you when you're drinking and driving which I know you are ha 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 you're gonna need some coverage well, I agree that that seems like a very silly thing to say, but at the end of the day, that customer sitting across from you, and if they drink alcohol, they're probably drinking and driving. I mean, I'm just going to sit here and tell you, I think it's absolutely terrible. Yes. Oh my gosh. They're the worst person in the world, but let's be real for a minute. See, let's quit being archaic. Let's try, let's stop trying to act like we're, we're living in this fantasy world. And that's what I think lemonade does. Lemonade literally says that that's what we're going to do. We're going to make this easy. We realize you're doing this stuff. Now, all it is is risk, and every risk can be assigned amount of money that needs to be um, that needs to be received in order to cover that risk. So, if you know your person is drinking and driving, which most people are, and I'm just using this as an example because of this advertisement. You're going to see there that they're just being straight up to it and saying, yeah, we know you do it and we've got a product that can cover you when you do it. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. They also set a record, Lemonade did, um, they set a record for the fastest claim being um, being uh, finalized, being done. Can't think of the correct word here. Um, and I'm trying to actually look for it. I had it here and I apologize that I don't have it. Anyways, they settled a claim. I believe it was on a jacket. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was. Man, I'm mad at myself right now for that. But they made a, somebody made a claim that they had left a jacket somewhere and it could have been a computer or something. I think it was a jacket. But anyways, they had left a jacket somewhere and this person pulled out their Lemonade app, made the claim, told them what type of jacket it was. The person had a had a um, had a uh, a policy on this thing because keep in mind with Lemonade like you can insure like your leather jacket for like $2 a month or something like that. Okay, you really can do this. And this guy popped it open, put in the picture of his jacket that he had had, said here's where it was and here's roughly how much he had paid for it. By the time he hit send Within three, I think three to five seconds later, he got a reply back saying that a check was going to be paid for the value of the of the of the um, item, the jacket, minus the deductible, and he could then go into his banking account and see that there was a transfer coming in that was pending for the amount that they said. Now, how that was done was is that Lemonade's claims, majority of their claims, are so, are solved by AI, artificial intelligence. And then they have a main claims guy who's like their head person that any claims that the AI robot can't solve, it immediately sends it to him. So he's like literally the underwriting manager and he deals with the claims that AI, the, 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 uh, I can't remember what they called, they have a name for their claims person. 
I can't think of the name of it, but the, for their claims, their claims robot. This robot looks at analytical data, looks at the, the way claims have been paid in this industry for 20, 30, 40 years, the type of person they are, the type of product it was, the type of place that this person hangs out. It was able to a aggregate all this information and be able to make that claim decision in three to five seconds, not minutes. Even if it was three to five minutes, that would be incredible. Heck, sometimes with our companies, if it was three to five days, that would be incredible. But literally three to five seconds. They actually, in the article, mentioned that they had reached out to Guinness Book of World Records to see if that was a record. And Guinness said that there's never been any competition or any data they have that can justify what another claim was is holding the record. They've never studied that. They've never tracked that. But that's the kind of stuff that we're coming into. And, and when you really think about it, I mean, you know, I, my son just wrecked his car and I'm dealing with waiting for the adjuster for three days to get out there because we turned it in last Thursday and you had Martin Luther King Day and all that and we're waiting for them to get out there. And I'm thinking to myself, you already have a program that's the same as the body shop, that's gonna be the same as the adjuster that they're using. The adjuster's gonna drive all the way out here, which we live in the boonies, so he's probably gonna drive 45 minutes. He's gonna come here, he's gonna look at the damage, compare it against what the estimate is for the body shop that he already saw, probably got it in his email two or three days before. He's gonna look at it and go, yeah, that's about the same, or here's some, some, some situations. Well, I mean, do they really have to go through all that? I mean, really, when you look at the claim data of what they get from body shops, is it so like overwhelmingly different from their computer program that like if they decided to do this, they would just lose millions of dollars? Or would they just lose a couple of millions of dollars, but they would make up millions in premium they would get from people loving their fast claim service? Um, I believe the data is there. I believe we all know if that's right or wrong. Um, I believe you're going to get different estimates. I get it. But I believe that there's uh, data that can be aggregated behind the scenes. And it's not that I believe. I mean, Lemonade's doing it. And you're going to start to see a lot of other companies doing it. And then just one of the weird things they do is every time you make your premium uh, payment, they literally like take a piece of it and give it to a charity. I mean, it's just, it's outside the box thinking. But it's people who say, wow, I want to do business with people who care about my community. Keep in mind, as an insurance agent, you, you brag on that. You brag on the fact that, yeah, I'm supportive of the community. That's why you should do business with me. Well, I tell you what, Lemonade's shooting that down really quick, aren't they? Because think about when they get to the point where they're going to be able to say, oh, you live in this zip code? Here's three charities that are in that zip code. Um, when If you click here and submit, every one of your payments, we're going to take 50 cents and we're going to apply it towards that charity of your, of your desire. So what if your big charity, maybe you have some big youth charity like I have, Centralia Youth Initiative that I help run here in Centralia. If they're literally going to give some money, you know what? They're supporting me, my, my charity more locally than half the businesses are in this town that are my clients. So I think, I think we have to look at some things like that and I think we have to be open to it. And I believe millennials are the disruptors. They're the ones who are sitting here listening to this. There's also, here's the thing, get this. There's also a bunch of millennials who are 20, 25, 26, 28, 29, 30, never been in the insurance industry. And all of a sudden now they get in it, but yet they've been insured with some of these other companies for the last two, three, five, ten 10 years. Think about where that comes. And then you set them inside the job that we have right now. Are you kidding me? They're going to sit here and say, this is, this is crazy. 
This is absolutely crazy. And you're going to have some company over here that's going to be like, hey, are you an insurance agent that's tired of the archaic way? Hey, how about you just work out of your home? You use our platform where we've got all the companies. You can do all the rates. We even bind and issue it for you. All we want you to do is to be the relationship. See, they've said it a long time that they, they, they the insurance companies realized about 15, 20 years ago that they can't send out brochures or have enough commercials or radio commercials or billboards in order to sell the policies. Why? Because it's built on relationships and you and I know that. So why is that just not what we do? Why was that not what we do? What we do is, is we take the relationship and we also try to do the work. But the industry we live in doesn't give us the ability to do the work in an efficient manner. So we're really having to have that strong relationship. I believe we'd need less of a relationship if we could do it a lot more simple and we could do the things that I'm talking about, Lemonade and some of these other businesses are doing. I really do. It's kind of hard to think about. You got to think outside the box on it. But I mean, th talking about thinking outside the box, I'll jump right onto our Cadillac subscriptions. Cadillac has released a subscription model. I mean, this is how crazy things are getting, folks. And this may not work, but I guarantee you it's going to work here very soon. But Cadillac has a thing um, where you don't buy the car. You don't own the car. What you're going to do is, is just a little bit roll. They're, they're talking a long, um, you can... Uh, It'll give members access to popular Cadillac vehicles without long-term commitments of leasing, financing, or buying. Basically, they just have to pay a monthly fee of $1,500. And you're thinking to yourself, are you serious? Like, why would I pay $1,500? Well, there's a lot of different things that I can talk about as far as maintenance. You don't have to do any of that. And I mean, you don't have to do any of this stuff. So when you really start to bring it down into what your total cost is for a year, you can see that this is still higher, but not as much higher as you think. But here's the key. You can switch vehicles whenever you want up to 18 times a year. So that means like, I don't know, I can't do the math, but that's like, like every like three weeks you'd be getting a new vehicle and just take it in and do what you want. Now, you know, and, and, and there's no contract. So you can, you can just, oh, I'm sorry, it says long-term contract. There's no long-term contract. So we think about this type of stuff. I mean, think about that. They're getting straight crazy on that stuff. Now, now, now you may say, well, that's not going to work. Well, think about everything else. Remember your phone bill? Remember when you had to buy 750 minutes and if you went over the 750, they ch they charged you? And they said, well, you know what? We're, we're just going to go ahead and just, we'll just give you unlimited. Just just pay this amount per month and you could do that. But you still got to pay for texting and data and depending on how much you use. Well, then like texting like took over and they're like, oh my gosh, this is becoming such a problem. There's so many people who are using texts and going over and we can't, I mean, the average, the average student I think is, is use, does over like 1500 texts a day. We can't keep up with that. And parents are getting mad because, you know, it's going over and they can't control it. What are they supposed to do? Tell their kid not to text. I mean, that would help, but it's not going to work. You know that if you're a parent. So then they went to the unlimited text. I'm telling you, they'll be going to unlimited data here pretty soon. And they're just, it really will. And my point is, is that we have so many other things like this. Uh, I was looking at my electric bill the other day. They have budget billing. I don't do my bills. That's why maybe this has been around for a while and I'm just now realizing it. But, you know, you can, instead of paying the monthly bill, you just pay this set amount and that's what it is. 
I think we're starting to fall into that because we are people who pay our monthly bills. And I think that 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 putting your car on a subscription, as crazy as that may sound, I guarantee you a Cadillac has done their research and found out that there are people who would do this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, for a car junkie, if you could have up to 18 new cars a, a year, it's pretty wild. So... Let me take you back 57 minutes ago when you first started listening to this podcast. Did you know about this stuff? Have you thought about this stuff? I hope you have because this is the stuff that's happening. And I think if you go back to the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, listen to the podcast I was talking there about the things that we need to do um, for the coming year, we did those but we were starting at a completely different place than we are today. And in 2014, we were probably starting like on a different planet compared today. It's happening. The change is here and I'm welcoming it. And I think a lot of the millennials are as well. I want everybody in this industry to to stay in it as long as they can as long as you're helping the others who are trying to help themselves. This goes out to you listeners who are in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s, 80s, whatever it could be. You've created an awesome industry for us. For us who are in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I never saw myself being in the insurance business, and I think a lot of the people that work in my agency would say the same thing. But you created a great industry for us. You created us for a way to have, you know, be business owners, create our own empires, have a flexible schedule, be able to do business with people that we want to do business with, be able to be financially more successful and rewarding to our families than we ever thought. That's all here because of what you laid for us. And I'll be the first to speak on behalf of the industry as a whole and everybody who's my age, younger and above, and say thank you for that. But I need you to deal with the realities of today. And the realities of today is, is that things are changing. And if you're not changing and the agencies and the companies don't see you changing, they're not going to change. But they're getting so much pressure and the millennials are getting so much older that they're going to have to change. And they're going to leave you behind. I've talked to agency owners before. And they say to me, Jason, why do I need to do any of this stuff? And why do I need to be concerned about it? Because in two, three, four, five years, I'm going to be gone. I'm getting out of here. Let's think about this. If your agency has 500000 in revenue and you sell it for two times, selling it for a million dollars, that's what you're asking for it. And you go to the agency that's up the road from me and they're selling theirs for a million dollars. And then you come here and you talk to Travis and I and we're gonna sell ours for a million dollars. When you look at how archaic they are and how much time it's gonna take you to turn that ship in the direction you want, first, what you're gonna get when you come here to the, in the Insurance Alliance and you buy us, we have niche business and we know what we're going after and we're using our management system to its fullest. We're doing everything we can to create consistent procedures and workflows. That means that we have to have data in so that we can get good data out to you being able to integrate and giving you an app that you can see your information in real time, just like Geico, State Farm, and Allstate do. Being able to also know that we deal with text and email. We just got a testimonial from somebody who said that that was one of the things they loved about us was being able to deal with Travis through email and through text. I'll tell you what's happened. 
Once they go out and they say, yeah, I can, I'm looking for an agency about this size, your agency, which is up the road from us in Archaic, just became value of 800,000. Ours just became 1.2 million. So my question to you is, is if you could take two, three, four, five years and you could learn some of the things you need to know today to get to 1.2 million or stay at 800,000, the difference is, is that if you don't invest over these next two, three, four, five years, you're costing yourself $400,000. You're literally, and if we're looking at the fact that we're at two times at a million, I mean, you're literally casting yourself like 30, 40% of everything that you've worked 20 to 30 years for. But most importantly, here's the thing. If you care about other people, you've got to care about other people in this industry because there's people who are trying to make a change and who are trying to say, I want this and I need this from the companies. And the companies are saying, hey, Joe Bob out the road's not wanting it and Sue Ellen uh, down the other street's not wanting it. And in the meantime, this beautiful road, this great industry that you've laid for us is now being tore up based on the fact that it's old and crumbling and there's people trying to renovate it and now we don't like it. We still want Victorian style houses here in town. Well, guess what? There's people that like modern and contemporary. Don't hold us back. Either get with the ball game or sell your business and move on. It's hard for me to say that. I think that I can say that because I got a good enough relationship with you. And I also believe that I probably am speaking the truth that a lot of people of other people want to say. And it's also a really good time to sell your agency because the venture capitalists are pouring into this sucker and the, the multipliers of two times are not even around anymore. I mean, it's way higher than that. So think about that. Once again, not downing you. We love you. You've, you've given us what we can, but I'm just asking you to think outside the box because you don't realize that when you say no to another product, to another tool, to another service, to another way of looking at things, not creating the customer experience, you're decaying everything that you've laid for us. That's all I ask. Looking at my notes, it looks like that's a, basically all I've got. I want to end here with some cool books um, that, I, that I've done. So I was looking at the books that I had done that I have read for this, this last year. Uh, read 16 books. Very, 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 very proud of myself. That's the most I've ever um, read. But I also attribute it back to um, Audible. I don't know if I ever told you guys about that, but I think I have. But Audible is a way that you can listen. So it's $14.99 a month. It's owned by Amazon. Um, and for $14.99 a month, you get two tokens and those credits. You get two credits. And you most of their books are one credit. Some of the brand new New York best-selling authors, those, um, if it's a brand new book, they, those may be two credits. But essentially, you're buying two books for $15 a month. But here's the key. It's right on the app and it plays. And me, I have a Bluetooth in my, in my car. It plays right through, through my Bluetooth. So I want to give you the top six books that I read this year. I say six because I'm giving you the top five plus the one that I'm reading right now. Um, first of all, every January, as you guys know, I read um, John C. Maxwell's uh, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. If you read that book and you know those those laws, you can tell the future. I'm not joking with you because those laws are like gravity. They happen. They're universal laws. They're going to happen whether you like them or not. It's going to happen. So when you know those laws, you know what's going to happen. When you know what's going to happen, they'll consider you a futurist. One of the things I also did, I went back and I read Good to Great this year. Really, really interesting because I've already read that book, but I hadn't read it in like, oh my gosh, I don't know. 
five, six years. And what was amazing was is how much he talks about technology and technology does not make, is not a differentiator between those who are good or they're great. Now, what's amazing is he wrote this book back in 2000, which was right at the height of the bubble. So it makes me wonder how true that is today. I would love to have Jim Collins, the author, write um, a new edition of that because I really think it'd be good. But here's the main thing I took away from that that's so important. To make your business good to great, three things you need to know. Disciplined people, disciplined thoughts, disciplined actions. If you know those three things, if you put the disciplined people and you give them disciplined thoughts, you'll get disciplined actions and that's going to make you successful. I also read the originals. Um, let's see, what was the name of that? It was the originals. Oh, whoops, sorry about that. Um, let me, I've got to stop that. Sorry. Uh, how Nonconformists Move the World. Really, really interesting book. Very mind blowing. I also uh, asked Gary V, um, One Entrepreneur's Guide. Um, I also read, read The Tao of Seneca. Um, pretty interesting. T A O of Seneca, S E N E C A. Um, basically, it's a bunch of par uh, parables that are just kind of talked out of there. It's called Practical Letters from a Stoic Master. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. If you haven't done it, anything you want by Derek Sivers, it basically is telling you how you can do anything you want and the people who have taken that mentality and how they've got, got it. Um, I thought that was an awesome as well. Um, I also read, actually, I read two Tales of Seneca. And then we, I also read Industries of the Future by Alec Ross. That's A-L-E-C, um, Ross, R-O-S-S. -S. Uh, Industries of the Future. This person actually worked with Hillary Clinton and the COO of Facebook to come up with um, these different types of industries in the future. If you want your mind to be rocked and say, wow, as to what's happening now and later. And what's amazing is, is he brings up futurists who predicted in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s the world of 20, 2015, and 2020, it is crazy how right on they are. But then you add on top of that, that they tell you what it's going to be like in 2030 and 2050. And if they're right about this now, wow, holy moly. I can't even tell you what it's going to be like then. And then the one that I am getting done reading right now, because I've got to go back to my 21 irrefutable laws of le uh, irrefutable laws of leadership, because I haven't read that yet, because I'm finishing up on one that Zark, um, Znezia Zakaria, she's the toughest names to say, the CEO of, of InsureFi, she had mentioned Emotional Intelligence 2.0. So as soon as I did that podcast, I went and got that. I've got about, according to my thing, it says I have 16 minutes left in this book, and then I'm going to go over to the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. But Emotional Intelligence 2.0 is really, really good because it teaches you some things about how to control your emotions in between the emotional gland and the logical gland of your brain. And those who are the most successful have the highest EQ, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the only thing of all the cues that you can actually increase. Your IQ, you cannot increase your IQ. You People think you can't. Well, I'm becoming smarter every day. That doesn't matter. Your IQ is, is determined as your ability as a human to learn 
What is your ability to learn? Now you can go read all the books you want, but your ability to comprehend and learn that is way different than someone like Einstein who had an IQ of 140. That's the reason why he can understand the theory of relativity. You can understand the theory of relativity as well, but it's gonna you're gonna have to learn and understand and read a lot more than what he did because his ability to learn was better. Your emotional intelligence is something that you can actually fix now. And it's really, really awesome how they do it. So I just wanted to let you know about those. I, I, I'm, I'm super excited about 2017. I hope you are. I'd love to get your feedback. Jason at growprogram.com. Jason at growprogram.com. If you have any else, thing else you want to share or any things that I've said that you'd like other people to know, please, uh, please uh, tweet it out and uh, tag me at Jason underscore grow. Jason underscore grow. That's about it. It's been a long one. Um, I hope I didn't ramble on too much, but I, I've got a list here that I've been building since the middle of November. I wanted to do this podcast earlier, and I'll be honest with you, I did about 20 minutes of it, and I just and that was a couple weeks ago, and I just kind of threw it away because it, it just didn't feel right. This one feels right. I hope you agree. Last but not least, I want to bring on some amazing people this year. Okay, so here's what I'm going to ask of you. If you know somebody that you've heard of or you've talked to, or I don't care if they're a family member or related to you, I want to hear from amazing people that can help us with business, not just insurance, with business as a whole, whether that's business development, personal growth, whatever that could possibly be having in a, you know, if you're a great business person and you need to strengthen your family, whatever that could possibly be. I want you to turn that um, over to me because I want to know about that person and I want to invite them on the podcast. If you know anybody famous, please, please help me and help us by getting someone famous on here. That would be awesome. Or if you've just been at a conference or convention, Billy Van Jura, this guy, love this dude. He's always sending me people and there are unbelievable people that I bring on this podcast for you that you don't realize because Billy's out there. I've got other couple people that are always constantly sending me people. If you have anybody, send them to me, jason at growprogram.com, jason at growprogram.com. And last but not least, I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to 2017. Always keep in mind to tell me your ideas. Tell me your thoughts, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. See ya.